Welcome to Kick Back with Chris. Kick Back with Chris, the martial arts podcast. Hello and welcome to Kickback with Chris, the Martial Arts Podcast. Episode 30 is finally upon us. I've been building up to this one for a while now. It's actually Sunday evening um, as I'm recording this. It's nice and quiet, so I thought I wasn't actually planning to do this now, but it's nice and quiet. I thought I'd jump on and uh, make a start on the podcast. So um, this week we're going to be joined with uh, Andy Abernethy. Um, we're going to be having a good discussion. It's actually somebody that I met through uh, Gordon Bircham at a couple of his events, and um, subsequently we've been chatting on, on Facebook. And I wanted to discuss with him um, his martial arts background. He actually has a, a history training in systems that aren't aren't that widely known. But uh, we'll be going over to Andy to have a chat with him a little bit later on. Um, we're also going to be ca- uh, catching up with another Andy, Andy Crittenden, in our weekly chat, as well as um, visiting Mittmaster Matt for his chat. As always, one of the more popular sections of the show. Um, so before then, I wanted to go through the various bits that have been posted within our podcast martial arts event promotion group which is really hard to say um really cool to see people making use of this again uh lots of posts about uh, competitions and tournaments i guess it's that time of year so let's get through them super fast so the first one was posted by uh, master snow who uh popped on to let us know about uh, a couple of different tournaments that they've got going on um the website address i believe right now i'm gonna i'm just gonna click on this just to double check I believe it is the itsi-tournaments.co.uk, although that might be an L if it's lowercase. But anyway, give both a try. Um, he's running two tournaments, so they've got the uh, both uh, the Taekwondo Opens are listed as. Um, oh, it's the LTSI. Yeah, it says it on there, LTSI. It's just hard to see when it's lowercase. Um, Taekwondo Opens, so they've got one on the 6th of the 10th, 2019, and the second one... Oh, actually, the first one, should I say, is the 3rd of the 3rd, 2019. Uh, taking place in, wow, hang on, I've got to say this right, uh, Hertfordshire, or Hertfordshire Sports Village. Wow, I managed to butcher that one, didn't I? Start that again. Hertfordshire Sports Village. These names again. De, oh, my God. De Havilland? De, De, De Havilland Campus? Sounds great. Mosquito Way. Hatfield, AL109EU, D-E-H-A-V-I-L-L-A-N-D, campus. So take from that what you can. Mosquito Way, another cool name there uh, in Hatfield. So get in, get in touch with Master Snow. I'm, I'm guessing if you look him up on Facebook, he will be able to point you to that. It's, uh, both those are ITF-based tournaments. Um, next up, another tournament. We've got Mr. Dale Evans has popped on to let us know about the Open World 2019 Taekwondo Championships in Italy, of all places. Wow, so truly international now. Um, 25th, 26th, 27th of October 2019. Uh, you can get in touch with them at the ITF Open World 2019 at gmail.com. Um, and then Andy C's popped on to let us know about uh, an event on Saturday, the 13th of, Ju- of July. Uh, it's the Ippon Showdown, and the the photo for this is really cool. Uh, it says a showcase of world class martial arts talent. Uh, so get in touch with Andy if you want more information on that one. A bit of a tease of that one, I guess. Um, and then next we've got now this is a pretty cool one actually. Um, 
Nathan's popped on, uh, Urban Tricks Salmon, who we've spoken to in the past uh, plenty of times on this show, uh, who's a regular contributor as well, so thank you for that, Nathan. Um, he's popped on to let us know about an event that's actually going to be taking place at the UK Martial Arts Show. So it's the UTX Forms Challenge. Um, so they've everything there, weapons, forms. Um, it's an online registration, and it's open now, and that's going to be taking place, I say, at the Martial Arts Show in Doncaster at the Dome, May the 4th and 5th. Um, if you go to uh, www.project-gravity.com, I'm presuming all the details are going to be on there. Um, but Nathan runs a pretty tight ship, guys, so if you're interested in getting involved... Um, and the individual character, uh, let me see, individual category, £20, £15 for each additional. Teams are 30 quid, um, so, you know, good uh, good value on that one. But the yeah, full list of all the information is actually in the event promotion group. But if you get in touch with Nathan as well, obviously, you'll be able to go through it all. Quite an intensive list there that I can't really read through um, all in one go. So, the next one, Dell Sampson's popped on again. Uh, the Quan Martial Arts com website again uh the kgs like contact i think i've actually mentioned this one before um but it's got a nice little video now so it's the quan grand slam dot com that's the the uh, the address on there as well and then finally um we've got actually no not finally there's two uh one from mitmaster matt himself uh just to let everybody know that his uh, new kids kickboxing syllabus has launched uh, if you're interested in getting involved with this is a 50 pound discount on it 50 pound start again 50 percent discount so this is what happens when you record on a sunday evening when your brain's fried um but yeah 50 percent discount if you're interested in that um there's a thinkific link for this one but if you actually speak to matt direct he'll be able to get that sorted out for you um brilliant online system guys i've actually been going through the adult version of this uh really in-depth cool stuff if you're looking to sort of switch up your syllabus a little bit or maybe uh you're looking to just add a completely new uh section of, of training or classes to your school this is a good place to go just for ideas, you know, or you can actually just drop the syllabus straight in, um, you know, switch and change to suit. So, yeah, give that one a look if you're interested in that. And the last one, this is a cool one. Um, Lucci uh, Kaizen Show has been on just to let everybody know that they're giving away uh, 20 tickets to a club who does amazing things in their community. And it says here to nominate a club and the reason why they should receive the tickets. So, you know, I'm, I'm ha- look, if you guys want to nominate a club, I'm happy to, to deal with that one and for the nominations through to Lucci. Um, perhaps it's something we could actually do an announcement for on the show sometime. But uh, yeah, if you want to pop on to our new Facebook uh, like page or indeed the old Facebook group or just send me a private message, whichever, uh, with your nom- nominations, then obviously I can pass those on to Lucci and maybe we could get him on and do a do sort of a live draw or something. That would be really cool. Um, now, this weekend, actually, this, this Sunday coming, I'm going to be uh, with... Mitmaster himself, Matthew Chapman, um, he's hosting a, a, a an event called, I think it's True, uh, sorry, How to Get Your uh, 1000 True Fans. I've just probably butchered that then completely in line with what I was doing earlier with my reading stuff, but uh, let me just see if I can find it on here now. Yeah, there we go, yeah. So, 1000 True Fans. Uh, it's February the 17th, so I'm going to be down there. So if you're interested in coming along to this one, guys, it's a good one. Whether you're running online courses or a podcast podcast like myself or uh, anything that is involving building a sort of like an online network, definitely one to get down to. So it's Sunday, the February the 17th, uh, 11 a.m. till 3 p.m. at the Waltham Abbey Marriott Hotel. So uh, if, you know, if you're interested in going, like, I'm going to be there. I'm actually planning on doing a little bit of recording as well whilst I'm there. So good opportunity for you to get involved with the show. So double whammy. Um, so uh, speak to myself or obviously have a chat with Matt. 
and um, we'll see if you get booked on and it'd be good to see you all there alright so moving on now we've not done this for a while um, we used to do like a regular topic section where I would um, discuss various things that we've been talking on Facebook about, on social media or in person. And just due to the busyness of the shows with all the guests that we've had on, I've not done it for a while. Um, but, you know, those of you that have got me on Facebook, you know, I've been posting just a few thoughts, things that we've been, things that have been jumping to mind or stuff that I've been uh, discussing with other people. And uh, one of the things that actually came up uh, in, in, well, it was a discussion, shall we say, um, was the subject of, now, I don't want people to get this twisted. It's not a discussion of, of price. It's more my perception of, at times, um, parents being, well, fleeced i suppose for want of a better description i think that's maybe that's a bit of a harsh description for it but well i can't it's kind of what it is i suppose but you know um i know some people you know quite rightly i suppose have their opinions on on charges and fees what schools charge i really don't take much of an issue with with the charging side you know some people want to charge 350 a class and some people want to tra- charge 350 a month I mean, you you charge what you feel your value is, uh, and obviously that's that to each their own on that one. But what what I was actually discussing was, you know, I've I've noticed now, uh, and and this is not just my school, but you know, others as well. When I'm talking to them, there seems to be, um, I, I, it's, it's been creeping in for a little while now. But you know, some, this, some schools are, are, are you know assessing, grading, graduating, whatever you want to call it. Um, their students sort of upwards of like five times a year at over 30 quid a pop for a grading. Now, I know some of you probably now are rolling your eyes going, oh, no, he's, he's talking about me. I'm not talking about anybody in particular, but I just wondered, you know, what people's thoughts are. And I'll be straight up honest. It's not something that I'm overly keen about myself because, you know, yes, there has to be progression with within martial arts, whether you do belts or not. But do we really need to be charging parents 30 quid, you know, every six to eight weeks for a new belt for their kids? You know, that just to me seems to be a little over the top. Uh, and obviously with the industry being completely self-regulated, it is, it's a difficult one. Now, you know, f- uh, within my school, in the beginner levels, is the, the, the soonest that they can be put forward to be assessed to be assessed, if that makes sense, because we do a pre-grading system in my school, um, is every three months. But that is dependent on a lot of factors. You know, one, they know the syllabus. Two, they've got enough classes in. If they don't have enough classes in, they're not even uh, looked at from the point of view of knowledge of syllabus. So, yeah, which is a different subject altogether. That one, I suppose. But um, it, it does seem that there seems there seems to be this seems to be creeping in slowly. Or maybe it's been going on for longer than I realise, I don't know. But this thing of, you know, six to eight weeks, the parents pay, the, the kids sort of pass. There's no there's no test involved, you know. Um, and, I, and I see this word or this term, graduation, sort of bounced around now as opposed to grading. Now, it, it, I suppose you could argue it's a word, what does it matter? But it, if it's an automatic process, then why is there any need for any progression? You know, it's sort of, 
it sort of um, renders the need for any sort of progression to be a waste of time, really. Um, if the if the if the assessment doesn't actually mean anything, you know. Um, but what are your thoughts on it? Well, maybe you think I'm t- I'm talking absolute guff. You know, but that's one of the cool things about this the the podcast is, and it's a website. Then the podcast is, you know, there have been some occasions where I've had my opinion changed on stuff, uh, and you know, it's a two way thing. So, you know, if you've got an opinion on it, please do speak up. Let me know. You can obviously get in touch via the website, the Facebook group, or indeed old fashioned, you just get me on the phone if you want. Um, no random turning up at the school if you could, because. That's always a little bit tricky. I can't really stop my my classes to talk about podcast subjects. But now, joking aside, do get in touch. So, uh, what we're going to do now is we're actually going to go over to our first guest of the show, um, Andy Abernethy, who um, we arranged to have a chat a few weeks ago now. Um, been trying to schedule things in, and we finally managed to make it happen. Um, so, we'll go over to the interview now and enjoy, and I'll speak to you all after. You're listening to Kick Back with Chris, the martial arts podcast, brought to you by www.onlinekicking.co.uk. Okay, guys, so it's that time of the show. We have our first guest on, Mr. Andy Abernethy. How are we doing today, sir? I'm very well, thank you, Chris. How are you? I'm very good. Uh, actually, quite nice here today for a change. Sat in my little studio, not freezing my backside off for a change. So that's good. <laughs> it's nice here too. Fantastic. Uh, I believe you're over... Is it Grimsby Way? Grimsby, yes. Oh, it's not too far away. I'm up in North Yorkshire, so it's, it's not a million miles away. No, no, it's not too far. Um, I- yeah. I actually, uh... I actually grew up in Doncaster, so uh, oh, right. not that far okay. away. Not that far away. Cool. So um, enough geography, because uh, <laughs> that's not my that's not my strong point. Truth be told, um, let's go back to the beginning, right back to the start. Um, so, yeah. um, what got you into martial arts, and which art did you start out in originally, and when was it? Um, I originally I originally started out in uh, in, in Japanese jujitsu. Okay. Um, you have to say Japanese Jiu-Jitsu now because there's that many different styles like you know, Brazilian and stuff like that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't think Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu was around then, to be fair. Um, if it was, it wasn't as popular. But, yes, it was a Japanese style of Jiu-Jitsu, which is very, very similar to Judo. Okay. Um, but it, it was called Katho Ryu Jiu-Jitsu. Okay. Yeah. And um, was that something... Had you had an interest in it prior to that, or was it, was it just fate? You sort of, I know, like myself, I, I used to see people walking into a school dressed in the kit, and I was like, well, what's going on there? Um, was there a reason for it? Or um, Yes. Okay. Uh, a reason that probably holds true with a lot of people today is I was I was, I was bullied every day at school. Okay. Um, I was a very thin, weak child. I had asthma, really bad asthma. Okay. Um from five years old and there wasn't a lot of medication out then like the inhalers are today there wasn't a lot of medication to um stop you from uh, actually stopping the attack sure um so sports and things really i was quite bad in at school because um i used to have an asthma attack <laughs> so it was right. it really wasn't very good um and then obviously i was then a nice focal point for a bully so, uh, so that's you know, I used to get bullied most days. So, uh, yeah. Wow. So, was it um, with the martial arts? And obviously, you said you, you struggled with some of the more physical aspects at school with the, the different activities and stuff. So, with the martial arts, was it was it sort of a combination of the physical training and, and the discipline training that that sort of helped you with that, or could you, um, can you pinpoint I, one particular thing? I think what it was, and this is why uh, when asthmatics come to my school now. Mm. 
I kind of embrace it because what jiu-jitsu taught me to do was deal with my asthma better. Right. Um, be able to control it and carry on through um, when I'm feeling as though I'm having an attack, try and carry on. Okay. Um, and it, it made me more confident in my asthma. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so just it, so yeah, it's, it's um, more of a calming sort of confidence influence. In yes. That respect. Okay. Yeah, because at school, well, at school, like when you're playing football or rugby or whatever it is, when you're playing in the in the uh, playground or in the PE lesson, you don't really get that support from the teachers. You're just having an asthma attack, and everyone's sort of sort of laughing at you, going, "Oh, what's up with him?" You know. Yeah. Whereas in the jujitsu class, you know, you, you kind of got supported and you got pushed as well. Yeah. Um, so it made you break through the barrier. Absolutely. So I, I suppose, you know, they kind of worked hand in hand, didn't it? So you, it was at that calming sort of confidence instilling aspect to it, which in turn allowed you to train harder. Which, Definitely. So that, so exactly. you kind of bounced off each other. Oh, well, that's, that's really cool to hear. Exactly. Really, yeah. Really cool to hear. So, um, I believe you moving on, obviously j- jumping forwards quite a bit, but, um, I believe yeah. now you, you're teaching a system that, um, some, if not many of our listeners maybe haven't heard of or are familiar with before. So I just wondered if you could tell us a little bit about it and its history. Certainly, yes. Um, basically, yeah, I teach an art now called Kazurashi Ryu. I've been teaching it since uh, the year 2000, so okay. 19 years. Um, and I was kind of hooked. I went on a few seminars um, with the then founder and chief instructor of the UK called Kirby Watson, um, and he used to go around teaching a lot of... Um, he was the person that brought Kazurashiru to the UK um, by inviting the instructor from the USA over, okay. um, called Henry Villiers uh, sensei um, And uh, Kirby got to a level where he started teaching people in the UK. And he used to go around different clubs. He'd, he'd been to Grimsby a few times. I'd been on a few seminars and seen him. And I was kind of intrigued of... How different the art is! It's sure. yeah, basically, sure. basically what Kazurashi is. It's an art. It's a killing art. It's from the Japanese battlefield, mm. um, and uh, it's very traditional, very dangerous, very, uh, very nasty, if you like. Um, sure. But and when I saw it, I was kind of hooked, thinking, "Wow, this is all. This this has got lots of things in it that Jujitsu didn't have, like." striking, kicking, um, I mean, they're not dynamic kicks, but they're kicks to just strike vital points of the body. Okay. Um, so that's basically what our striking is. It strikes vital points, like, you know, the pressure points and things like that. So Sure, sure, yeah. Um, yeah, I was, gonna, I was actually going to ask, you know, um, if, if uh, for some of our lesser experienced listeners out there, um, you know, some people that we have, the listeners just sort of casual fans of martial arts don't actually train at all. And I was wondering, yes. yeah, I was going to say, is that any, if, if you were to pick a system or a couple of systems that it was closest to, which would you say, is is, it, is that even possible? Can you say it's a little bit like this or a little well, bit like that? Or What I can say, if it maybe points people in the right direction, there's, it's Kazuma is made up of four, four separate martial arts for the ease of learning. Okay. So basically... Uh, there's an art called Aiki Jujutsu, which is very similar to probably Jujutsu and Aikido together. Okay. Um, and then it's got an art called Temi Jutsu, which is the striking side. Um, which, and at a certain level, the Aiki Jujutsu and the Temi Jutsu are mixed together. Okay. So you're striking and throwing, striking and pinning. So we do like 
elbow locks, wrist locks, throws, takedowns, strikes. Um, and then there's obviously the whole weapon side of it as well. We do all, all the Japanese samurai weaponry. So um, uh, there's kenjutsu, which is the bladed weapons, and jojutsu, which is the staff weapons. And there's three different lengths that we work on. Interesting stuff. So you obviously yeah. you're working at, at, at various different ranges then, um, distances with with those different yes. elements. Fantastic. And you just you just hit the nail on the head there of the distance. I mean, basically that's what the weapons is teaching you is to master the distances of the weapon. Which yeah, you just said that. So yeah, that's awesome. Oh God, I know. I know. I'm not. I'm talking about sometimes. <laughs> 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 or, or I'm good at making it sound like it at least. <laughs> no, that's no, no, cool. It's cool. Um, so I guess it's um, it's an art, really, from what you've just described. That you know is it's suitable for many different types of people. You know, if you, if, you if you're going to struggle in one area, then there's this area you can focus on. You know, um, very very cool, yes. very cool sounding. So, um, how many years did you say you've been practicing now for? Is it nineteen? Did you say? I've been doing this particular art for 19 years, yes. Um, fantastic, cool. Um, so um, at some point in that journey, I know that you decided to to go full-time with your teaching. Um, yes. And this is actually something, when I was talking to a couple of other instructors, because obviously we post the guests that we're going to have on Facebook and stuff, and it was actually just yesterday, I was uh, chatting to one of our other co-hosts, um, and he was, he was mentioning, he runs a full-time school too, and he was mentioning he'd be interested to find out how you first found um, opening a full-time centre where the focus was on an art that perhaps the general public weren't as familiar with and sort of what challenges you had and and well and, yeah <laughs> that that is a really good question and um to be fair I, it was one of these situations where and you hear my business mentor which i think we're probably going to talk about later sure? uh gordon talk about this a lot you have this vision and you don't really know how you're going to get there but you've got this vision of where you see yourself and i saw myself teaching this art i don't really know who put the, um, the the seed into my head? Sure. Um, but I just saw myself teaching this art to the public and to kids. Um, and basically, the art, as I mentioned earlier, is dangerous. So what I've done, I've developed Samurai Hearts, which is a child's version of Kazurashi Ryu. Sure. Okay. Um, so what I did, I developed Samurai Hearts, and then I started teaching children. Um, just in a local local uh, judo club, um, and it really took off. Um, I was basically doing what a lot of people weren't doing in the town. Uh, I was working in primary schools as well. I've been working in primary schools now what twelve years. Okay. Um, and although people didn't know about the art, if I'd said I was teaching Kazurashi, I really don't think people are bothered about what the art's called as far as marketing is concerned. Sure. I, um, but. I do feel that it has to be, they have to kind of understand what it's about. And if I'd said I'm teaching Kazurashi Ryu to children, they'd have just gone, well, I lost that and probably switched off. But the fact I'd say it was Samurai Hearts and it's a child's version and um, I kind of made it more understandable for parents to mm. to get a, a grip of. Mm. Um, it's... It's a difficult one because obviously I can't call it karate, I can't call it kickboxing, I can't call it because it isn't. Sure. Um, and I don't want to fault sell to anybody, so I just try and uh, tell people exactly what they're learning. Yeah, um, and selling on the benefits, I was imagine, imagine as well. You know, these are the benefits that you can gain from this training because I think 
you know, a lot of people are looking for solutions to a particular pain in their life, aren't they? As opposed to necessarily absolutely. an art. I mean, there are going to be absolutely. those that are out there that are looking specific to train in specific arts. Absolutely. Um, yes. But I think one of the part of the trick is, you know, we're all good instructors and school owners is, you know, once they're through the door is to educate them on what it is that they're actually learning. Um, they, yes. get, they go out looking for one thing in their head and then they actually find out, well, actually, no, I'm looking for this, you know? Yes. Um, but when you I- mentioned there, um, you, obviously you mentioned... Uh, teaching in schools I'm, just, I'm looking through your bio now just so that listeners get a better idea you've been quite modest there so you're working in 18 primary schools yes yeah yeah we're working in 18 primary schools at the moment yes um, how on earth do you manage that <laughs> um uh, well from from my businessmen so i've learned to employ staff well yeah there you go <laughs> uh, because because it was it was killing me to be fair it mm. was just too much um, 18 primary schools yes yeah we do morning clubs before school we do after school clubs we do PE classes during the day and then we do our evening classes as well so um, you must have been spending as much time in the car as you were actually teaching that's that that's yeah. some dedication there I must say 18 so um do you, how how many kids would you be, would you be teaching then on a, a 18 schools that's um a lot of the schools aren't really really busy we've got a, about 12 it varies between 10 and probably 16 students in each each school class. Okay. So they're not really, 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 really packed. Um, and it's enough for one instructor, you know. Mm. Um, so, But this is on top yeah, of we, the full-time centre as well, is it, as well? This is on top of the full-time centre as well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we yeah. go. I mean, I've got my I've yeah. got my little school with, you know, just over 200 members. The, 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 the idea of trying to do 18 other schools as well on top of that is just absolutely mind-boggling so all credit to you to make it you know for making that work because that's um thank you it, it is a bit crazy but um uh yeah i wouldn't have it any other way now. i was gonna it say would, really... would you be doing anything else absolutely absolutely not um absolutely so uh, um with regards to your full-time center now you obviously you mentioned working with gordon who a lot of the listeners are very very familiar with um, yes, as I he's been on a few times, and I'm mentioning him on a near constant basis as well because he's a great yes. guy. Um, how did you find that experience? Of, you know, of uh, of being where you were with your where 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 do you feel that you were with your sort of business and school at the point? Um, you know, pr- just before meeting Gordon, and then and obviously working with him. Where where was it? Do you feel? Okay. You? Well, where I was, and most most uh, martial arts teachers or school owners will probably go, oh, yeah, I felt that as well. Mm. Um, I was at this point where I'd been running my business for about 10 years, um, and I've just leveled off. Yeah. Even though we worked in schools and we advertised in schools, my members are just leveled off. My, my outgoings were going up. You know, bills are going up all the time. I'm just thinking, how am I going to make a, a good look? living out of this sure without struggling um because it was it was a struggle and you know if i if i if i wasn't uh, uh, had a martial arts mindset i'd have probably given it up mm. um but um i just happened to be on facebook one day and i saw gordon doing one of his um facebook lives and it just something just hit home with everything that he spoke about i was feeling yeah and I'm thinking, God, I'm not on my own. Because it's a very lonely place as a martial arts school owner mm. when you're the boss, you're the secretary, you're the first aider, you're, you do everything. It's a very lonely place. Um, and I saw this, this thing on Facebook and I'm, I'm like, wow, this guy's actually mentioning everything that I'm feeling. Um, at the end of his post, 
post, he said, um, a comment below, there's going to be a um, Facebook, uh, no, it was a, a, a business mastery uh, course. So I put my name down for it. I thought, I'm not going to learn anything doing what I'm doing now. I've seen this. I've got to change and do something different. Um, so I enrolled on the course. And the rest is history. What's, Absolutely. And what so what sort of differences have you seen now on that journey in yourself and obviously within the business? Ah, uh, I think they're not really. You know, I don't really class Gordon as a business coach anymore. I, I class him. He's a personal coach. He mm. he helps you. Once you've developed yourself, your business is going to follow suit. And I, it's changed me so much. I've got so much more confidence in myself, uh, in the art that I teach, and my business, and everything that fits together with that. Mm, I think it's, it's, one yeah. of the really important things, and one of the reasons I was really keen to, to, to have you on and to discuss this, is um, there is, it's, it's still there, and it probably always will be there. Um, and I don't, I don't, it's not snobbery, perhaps that's not the best way to approach it, but there's some sort of uh, pushback against the, the idea of having a very traditional based art and taking it full time. Uh, and the, the people that will say, well, no, you can't do that. Well, you, you've done that. And obviously you've maintained the standards and requirements of the art that you teach, a very, very traditional art. And well, you've managed to I've take learned, it full time. Something that I've learned, something that I've learned from Gordon is I have two parts of the business. Hmm. Um, the bit that you see on Facebook that you're advertising, the, the commercial side of it is the advertising part now when the students come in and join they filter through a system to the traditional side yeah so we kind of mold them to the traditional side and then they get ready to join the adults class and the adults class is the proper system yeah. so we're filtering them through and preparing them for the adults class so it's a, it's a filtration system and we're just modeling them to be traditional martial artists and it's it works really really well it does it does fantastic so um i believe this year is a special anniversary for your martial arts journey, isn't it? It is. Yes. Yeah. Forty years. Yeah. Forty years. Wow. And what was yeah. cool is this morning I then sat down and started trying to work out how long I'd been going for. <laughs> but, really? Yeah. It, 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 it's, it goes fast, doesn't it? <laughs> it does go fast. Very fast. Um, I'll be honest. I've had ups and downs in my martial arts journey, but I've loved every minute and won't change a second of it. It's, yeah, it's fantastic. I, I think that's fair to say that we, you know, a lot of us have. I have, I have too. Actually, you know, this year is actually twenty years full time teaching for me. Um, wow. Yeah, twenty years, and it's and it, and again, I, I it does I, one of the one of the reasons for starting this podcast. You know, I wanted um, sort of a, a new outlet for for my my um, love of the martial arts because it's not that I don't enjoy teaching. My but my concern was, you know, it's twenty years, and I didn't want to start sort of resenting having to open yeah. up of an evening. So I thought, right, well, I want to give myself another focus, an additional thing. Hence, this the the birth of this brilliant. podcast. Um, I think the podcast brilliant. I really do. It's, well, it's it's a great idea, and it's a great way for people to listen to other martial artists as well and, and, and learn from them. And if nothing else, it keeps me out of trouble. But what I was going to ask was, <laughs> for the most part, I'm just waiting for that one episode where the wrong person says the wrong thing, and then anyway, um, for, get some disclaimers going. But no, um, what you know, I know, I understand that you've got some plans as well, um, an, an event that you've you've got planned. I wonder if you could just tell tell everybody your opportunity, just let everybody know about what's going on. Yes, yes, I have a uh, 40th anniversary seminar, um, which I'm organising in June. 
um, and it's the weekend of the 22nd, 23rd of June, um, we have some amazing instructors uh, coming. The lineup is just unbelievable. I mean, originally I was going to keep it local, just local instructors, but then I, I, I sent the message out there, and a, a lot of a lot of high respectful instructors are coming over to teach for me. And mm. I think I've got probably 13 instructors already. Wow. Um, and we're probably only going to have about 13 or 14 hours teaching over the weekend. So there's not a lot of slots left. Um, and yeah, these people are from Aikido to Jiu-Jitsu, uh, Taekwondo, um, Balinta Walk Stick Fighting, a, a bit of MMA. So we've got, you know, quite a lot of stuff going on. Fantastic. Um, and is, is this, yeah. So this is something that's open to the wider community then, is it as well, is it? People yes, it's open to the public. They can come down. Uh, my wife's Thai, so she's going to be doing a Thai buffet as well downstairs. So oh, fantastic. There's going to be Thai food on the go. Um, there's going to be, hopefully, an area. I've got a second dojo downstairs, which is a little bit smaller. Um, and um, I'm hopefully trying to organise Gordon to come down maybe one day and do some, some chats on, on, on business and things like that. So maybe fantastic. there could be a little, little place there. So um, I need to organise that with him first. But, uh, yeah. Fantastic. So if uh, people are interested in finding a little bit more, what's the best best way for them to do so? Uh, the best way would be to just to contact myself on Facebook. Okay. Um, on Messenger, yeah, Andy Abernethy. Well, you'll be you'll be linked in with the the podcast notes on the Facebook group, so everybody should be able to see you there. Um, so, what's 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 next? Where do you see your school and your teaching going? Where, what what vision? What plans well, do you have? Well, the original vision, and I wanted to add this in actually when you said what made me start teaching children. One of the okay. main things was as well is my martial art Kazurashu is dying out. Okay, um, it's dying out in the UK. Um, and I think the only way that something is going to continue is to teach children. Mm-hmm. Um, if you instill something into a child and they carry on with it, they are going to continue the legacy of the art and so on and so forth. So that's one, that was one of the main things for me to start teaching children was to keep the art alive. Absolutely. Um, now, where do I see myself? I just see myself continually growing. Um, and I, I want to teach as many children as possible. Um I'm I'm really keen on, it doesn't matter what martial art, but I, I do think I would like to see martial art the number one activity for children mm. in the UK. I would love to see that up there, you know, other than other things that people do um, out of school hours. Uh, it'd be great to see martial arts up there because it is a fantastic all-round activity for children. And adults. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm in full agreement with that one. Um, you know, it, it, well, what I'd be doing with myself now if it wasn't for martial arts, I, I have no idea. Actually, exactly, I'm no the same. Idea. I'm the same. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, going going through school, I remember not having a clue what I wanted to do right the way up until yeah. the point of university. <laughs> you know, I'd been doing my martial arts training every day, and you know, everybody else is going off to university. I'm like, what do I actually want to do? I didn't yeah, have a clue. So, I was the same. So thank goodness it was here, otherwise I don't know what I'd be doing. Maybe yes. I'd be a successful podcast host, who knows? <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I don't know what I'd be talking about, though, that's the thing. But no. Well, Andy, thank you very much for your time today. That you know, 25 minutes, half an hour has flown by, as it always that- does. It goes yeah. whizzing. It goes, it goes so fast. Um, but yeah, it's been a pleasure to have you on, and um, I wish you all the best with your school. And I will perhaps try and get down for your um, event in June. If- it would be, it'd be great to see if you could make it and thank you very much for the opportunity of uh, of coming on your podcast and i appreciate that oh, not a problem at all thanks for your time.
You're listening to Kick Back with Chris, the martial arts podcast, brought to you by www.onlinekicking.co.uk. So I really enjoyed that chat with Andy today. Uh, it was really interesting to to get his insights and experience into opening a full-time center based around an art that's, well, it's relatively unknown, as he says. It's, it's almost at the point of dying out. So, you know, all credit to him for um, persevering with keeping the art as it should be, obviously with the slight revision for the children, but for the adults, keeping it as is and managing to make a terrific success of things. So... All credit to him. Fantastic to see. Um, so what we're going to do now is we're going to go on to our chat with Mr. Matthew Chapman for our weekly match chat. Um, get those pens and papers ready. I always say that every week. I know it's so cheesy. But no, get do get those notepads ready, ready for um, taking some notes because, you know, I, this is one of the more popular sections of our show. Um, you know, a lot of positive feedback from it. Um, as always, what I will say before I go to this, if you have any questions that you want me to put to Matt or you want Matt to answer, get them on the, the new Facebook like page, drop me a private message or an email through the website and I will happily cover whatever subject it is that you're wanting to go through um, regarding martial arts business in general with Matt. So without any further ado, let's get over to Matt. You're listening to Kick Back with Chris, the martial arts podcast, brought to you by www.onlinekicking.co.uk. Okay, so it's time to speak to Matthew Chapman, as we always do this time every week. How are we doing today, sir? I'm good, thank you. A bit nippy down here, so. Bit nippy. Not as good as I could be. <laughs> Shut those windows. I'm going to, I'm, you know, now I'm not, I haven't got school anymore. I really should move like somewhere warm and just do this stuff somewhere warm. <laughs> Well, you were talking about the cruise thing. You could, you know, True. that's you could just continuously be on a never-ending cruise. Yeah, it'd be nice, wouldn't it? it? Would be nice, wouldn't <laughs> it? <laughs> so, what do you want to chat about this week, sir? Uh, I just want to talk about um, the fact, in my opinion, that it's okay to make money as an instructor, and in fact, it makes you a better instructor. Get that on a t-shirt. <laughs> I'd buy one of those. Absolutely, um, absolutely, it's okay to make money from being a martial arts instructor. Well, you know, but the uh, some crews, some people believe that you shouldn't um, make money as a martial art instructor because it somehow taints what you're doing. But in my opinion, um, the instructors I've trained with, and I've trained with a lot in the last 35 years, um, the highest quality ones and the ones that have um, given me the most value and helped me the most are the full-time professional instructors. Absolutely. And part of the reason is, because they earn sufficient money to support their lifestyle and uh, run their schools, it allows them pretty much to focus exclusively on martial arts. Yep. Yeah. As opposed to maybe working in an office nine to five and then rushing home and getting changed and going to teach a, a class. And of course, nothing wrong with that. But for me, um, if you take someone like Dan Santo, for example, who's just a living legend and considered by like many one of the best martial artists ever and very highly respected doesn't matter you know what style you are everyone kind of respects Guru Dan he has been teaching martial arts at a professional level his whole pretty much life and has a business based around that Mm -hmm. and he charges for that and he charges for his seminars and for his time and for his private lessons and he charges um, I assume plenty so what that enables him to do is it gives him lots of free time and lots of income to update his own training. So um, reading one of his training schedules from a few years ago, it was ridiculous. Yeah. He'd yeah. Like, 
he'd do privates with Machados, mm -hmm. then he'd go and study Sistema with an instructor over there, then he'd go and come back and do some CLAT with another instructor. You know, he's he's 80 years old and he's training more than 99% of most martial artists mm -hmm. at a very high level. And the only way feasibly that he could do that, because he was a school teacher before, was to be a full-time professional martial arts instructor, which allowed him to open a school, get staff in, do training programs, teach seminars around the world. Um, so it's just one example of how making money has created a, just a phenomenal martial artist who has impacted thousands of people's lives. Absolutely. And I mean, the, the thing is as well, uh, since day dot, since you know, martial arts was first founded you know and, and now before anybody jumps in this because i know there's those people out there that will yes i do know that there are some systems that are very heavily against the charging for martial which yes. is fine which is fine but that isn't that isn't all of them but there have been martial arts martial arts instructors around forever that in some way form or another have taken something in return for teaching yes. whether it was money whether it was food whether it was so, you know, whatever it was you know, bottle of wine. Yes. <laughs> it, it, there's, there's always been an exchange of, of something for teaching, yes. and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I think the biggest problem that a lot of people have, and it's a, and I, in some ways I think it's, it's it's an odd one because it seems to be restricted purely to this industry from 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 looking out. You know, um, it's this for a lot of people. It's this worry of you know the perception or the judgment that will follow from charging x amount you know but you wouldn't go down to the local um estate agents or solicitors or whatever and 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 see them queering hmm, i wonder if they might judge me if i charge a higher <laughs> amount <laughs> no but i wouldn't use estate agents or solicitors as an example because everyone hates them yeah well okay fair <laughs> but they still get the money <laughs> Well, no. we do, yeah. Okay, so I mean, if you think about if you think about where martial arts came from, martial arts, not as in fighting sports, mm -hmm. they came from the Far East, where um, you know a lot of the systems were developed by monks who were supported by the monastery and um, res highly respected, and also it was kind of morally dubious for them to obviously charge. Mm -hmm but they were given gifts and offerings and food in exchange for training. Um, we're not monks living in a monastery in Tibet anymore. We're people in, well, some of us. <laughs> we're people in the, the West who actually have to earn a living in order to survive. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and um, I think this is, this is a, you know, it's tied in nicely to what we were chatting about last week as well. You know, I think it's, it's a case of it's if you're being honest then how how do you place how do you place a a, a fee on or a correct what could be perceived as a correct fee on somebody who spent years traveling around a small fortune in in fees training with other people how how do you how do how do you say well, what's the correct amount to charge for that? It's yeah, exactly there isn't one. Exactly, it's all personal. It's all personal choice. It's relative, isn't it? So yeah, I um I remember that the, it can be the arguments as well that some will use against you know uh, charging you know you know still schools charging three fifty a class, which is which is up to them. Again, it's completely up to them if they want to do it. But yeah. I, I was paying more than that for my class in nineteen eighty seven. Yeah. Well, I wasn't. My mum was. 
Uh, <laughs> Cheers, man. But you know, but you see what I mean. That's it's like how you can, you can't find. I, I challenge anybody to find anything you can still buy for the same amount today as you could in 1987. You know. No. <laughs> But it's it's their choice, and that's yeah. what they want to do. And I'm not. You see, the difference between me and maybe them is they might look at me charging, you know, fifteen pound for a lesson, and go, "How much? How can you do that? You're ripping people off." Whereas they charge two pound fifty, and I wouldn't look at them and go, "Wow, you're not charging enough. You should be ashamed of yourself. You're not valuing yourself enough." I don't judge mm-hmm. other people based on what they charge. They're, it's free world, free country. Do what you like. Um, but it seems to be the other way, like the ones that are hardly judging anything, are judging the ones who uh, kind of value their work mm. uh, and give a monetary value to their work. They seem to be a little bit critical of it. So, And I, I think it's interesting as well because I wonder if – and nobody's ever going to – well, it's unlikely that anybody would ever openly admit to it. But I, I'm – well, I know for sure, really, if you were to turn to somebody who was – charging a higher amount and say would you like to if you could would you like to charge less well, we're gonna go no but if you were looking at somebody who was charging a lot lot less and ask them really would you like to charge more there's going to be some of them that will say yes but yeah of course um and and also here's an advantage of charging more um i know several schools who do this where they they have a very high usual monthly uh, rate for the industry but they also have classes where you can pay what you want, you know, a couple of times a week. I've heard of people that. who can't afford maybe the, you know, um, monthly direct debit. So they can just come in and they can pay whatever they like. So that gives them the ability to have an amazing facility and top level staff and everyone trained up to the highest level, but also help the local community by just offering a pay what you like class a couple of times a week that's that's it i believe i think it was tom tom callas at one point was running a scheme whereas he had one class out of his schedule a week that's right yeah that anybody could attend um yes and and yes i thought that was a great idea really yeah so you can have both in the same school they're not mutually exclusive Mm. cool idea Mm. boo for thoughts as always thank you are you still are you still busy out on the road yeah, I'm putting in the miles. Um, I don't usually drive because it's uh, not an effective time, a use of my time, and also it's a bit tiring. So I usually try and take trains everywhere. And I'm, I've, since my amazing first-class experience with Virgin Trains, yes. plus, um, <laughs> I now try and travel first-class if I can afford it because it's just so much better. Virgin Trains, if you would like to make that a paid promotion, please feel free to get in touch with us via the website. Yes, please do, yeah. Richard Branson, if you want to hit me up with a few free first class tickets. <laughs> and, and send me some money, that would be great. You know, it all helps. <laughs> but it really, it, yeah, so now I just try and travel by train because I can do some work, I can sleep if I'm tired, it's just much better. Living it up. One, one step one step down from, from that cruise. You, you, yes. You, you're nearly yes. there. And then the private jet, right? Yeah. Oh, one day, who knows? <laughs> one day. Waste of money. Are you still? Um, are you still working on that accountability to get on that cruise? You, you still. I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah. yeah well, you remember you said you were going to do it. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. I'll get on it. Cool, cool. All right, guys. Thanks. Thanks as always, sir. Thank you, sir. And I will catch you next time. Cheers, mate. Pleasure. Cool. Enjoy our podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Kick back with Chris on iTunes today. 
So as always, it's really good to catch up with Matt. Um, good food for thought, and um, you know it's really nice to, to to take this time out. You know to to talk through these. I won't say issues, but things that you know do come up over and over and over again on Facebook and in discussion with the martial arts instructors. Um, obviously, cost and pricing is is always one that's that's always one that's going to come up. In fact, you know just just yesterday, uh, I was uh, you know talking to another instructor about it. Just came up in conversation, and you know for me, you know charge what you want to charge you know charge what you feel your worth is or you know depending on where you're based in the country or the world you know there's lots of different overheads and costs involved but it's again it's interesting it comes back to the point i was making right at the start of today's episode about the gradings i think you know if you're doing it if you know if there's if there's a if there's a if there's a good honest reason for why you're charging what you're charging even if it's completely transparent then you know i don't think the 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 price of what you charge for your teaching um is in any way uh to be looked upon or used to to judge you in any way um you know, so long as you're being honest with what you're doing um but I think enough about money and finances for one episode. What we're going to do now is we're going to go uh, over to uh, Andy C for our chat. Um, we were actually uh, discussing this one uh, yesterday on the phone, and uh, we decided what we were going to do is theme the next um, however many episodes it takes us to cover. I won't put a specific number on it, but we're going to talk about uh, growing your instructor team within your school. Now, um, I have a, a, a smallish school of around sort of 200 st- No, we're not around. I should know my stats. It's 197 students at present. Um, and, you know, it, it, I do most of the work myself. We're about to take on a uh, part-time instructor and a bit of a insight inside bit of gossip there or news for the for the students listed in but you know we, we you know we are looking at expanding and you know uh, developing an instructor team but it's difficult you know we're not whereas you know as, as martial artists and instructors we may you know um find that role i wouldn't say easy but you know it's something that comes naturally but being a business owner and being able to uh, be like a, a manager as such, it's a very, very different skill as we've talked to with Matt before in the past. So, you know, uh, I wanted to speak to Andy C about this because he has, well, as you're about to hear, a very, very successful instructor program. Um, so he must be doing something right. So, yeah, without any further ado, let's get over to Andy C on the phone and we will catch up on the other side. All right, guys. So join us on the line now. We've got Andy C. How are you going, sir? Good morning. Good? good morning, world. <laughs> I think everybody listens around the world, don't they? Well, yes, it might be good afternoon or evening or you know whatever. You never quite. I suppose. Yeah. You never quite know. Um, international jet setter on DC, I believe. Oh yeah. Uh, last time we spoke, I was in Slough. <laughs> <laughs> Today you're going to Guatemala. Bit of a difference. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be hotter. A little bit. Yeah, Slough was quite cold. You know what? Where is that? I don't know where that is. Right, it's... Where's the... Geography where... lesson, here we go. It, in Central America, mm-hmm. so I think a bit lower than Mexico. Right. Cool. Well, hopefully, that's, so, hopefully they'll put uh, a wall up then between now and then, otherwise you might get stuck there. Oh, no. <laughs> well, it's, nine, it's 28 degrees, oh, so... I don't mind. <laughs> Stay there. Yeah, a bit better than oh, It's not very big. I'm just looking at it on the map. I thought about this last night. So you've got Mexico, Guatemala, Cuba. All right. Um, Honduras, El Salvador. So Jamaica. It, 
Oh, if we have any, if we have any oh, listeners yeah. in Guatemala, you can, you can be ready. We might have after this. Yeah. We'll do. So, we'll, I'll interview someone. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, funny you should say that. That's something that we were discussing the possibility of, wasn't it? You know, maybe even be able to do a recording from Guatemala whilst you're there. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Inter international correspondent. So anyway, let's get on to the point of this chat before everybody turns off. Um, today, before it comes to history, uh, geography, like exactly, it. exactly. Um, now um, we were discussing. I've already, I've already set this up just before coming onto the call, but I was mentioning that we were going to talk a little bit about over the next sort of few weeks or so, um, how to build up a, an instructor team, which um, I found difficult over the years, and I know a lot of other school owners have for various different reasons. Um, but I know, obviously, from working with you over the years, that you've managed to uh, build and establish quite an impressive instructor team um, with, with quite high numbers. So I thought no better person than to talk on this subject than yourself, really. So where do we start? Um, well, I suppose you've got to look at the... Um, obviously, recruiting's a good start, mm -hmm. but you've got to look at the ethos of it right. and, you know, look at it. Um, why you need an instructor team? Why, um, what they would do? Clear expectations for them, mm. uh, goals and objectives, uh, and they've got to bring value to you because the worst help is unpaid help. If it's bad help, yeah, you know. So, um, from my point of view, I've always. Um, I've always done well at bringing new people in onto the course, picking the right people, mm -hmm. um, not really advertising it as such, more, you know, having that conversation with them early as well. Yeah, you know, which a lot of the stuff we do is, uh, especially on the instructor stuff, is based off of Dave Kovar's instructor manuals and uh, his book, Martial Arts uh, Toolbox. Mm -hmm. um, so having that conversation, laying that scene, saying, you know, that you'd be a great instructor. Do you think our instructors have helped you? Mm. Would you like to be part of the team? Okay. Um, so what we do is every two years we do a, a course. Um, and we don't charge a lot for it. You know, it's, uh, I know a lot of schools make a lot of money from leadership programs and stuff. Yeah. But that's fine. Yeah, but, you know, building your team, to me, uh, I've got people that are on my team that are awesome instructors now that might not have been able to afford £3,000 for sure. an instructor course. No, if you're listening and you do that, that's fine. You've got more money than I have. Well, that's cool. <laughs> but everybody does it their own way. We've never really charged a lot for it because um, we're all looking at getting quality people mm -hmm. to help out. Sure. And um, I know this is something that you know a lot of instructors do go back and forth on. The, the, the concept, the idea of do I charge? Do I not? Now I understand where you're coming from with the charging because, you know, it there's, there is, it puts a value to it, doesn't it? And it, and it separates it from not the training. Charge. Yeah, you got to charge. Yeah. We, we charge ninety nine pounds for the course. Okay. We give them a t-shirt, all the manuals, and all the training for that for mm -hmm. ninety nine quid. So when you take all the stuff off, it's not even ten pounds a seminar that we do with them. Right. Got so you know it's, it is ridiculously cheap, but it's still got our value, you know, it's uh, paid for it, I'm going to do it type thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, you, you're right. And, and I suppose it's accountability on the other side as well. I suppose if you're doing if you're doing an instructor training program and it's free and something comes up that Friday and you think, oh, you know what, I might not this week. 
But if you know you've got 10 people on there that have paid for it, then it, it, it yeah. prompts you to actually think, no, I've got to do this, haven't I? Um, yeah, follow it through. Absolutely. So um, I, I, would, I would say maybe, you know, the, the, the first topic for this really would be, you know, how to select the right people. Um, because I think, you know, we can be guilty sometimes, can't we, of just looking in our class and going, they're good. Yeah. I'll have them. But that might not necessarily be the, the right thing. I would think. Nope. Um, definitely not. It's not always about who's the best martial artist. It does help. You know, great martial artists inspire people. Um, obviously, there's a demonstration side of things. Is You know, um, that helps if you've got awesome skills. Mm. So we're not saying don't pick the ones who are, who are awesome. Mm. But there's also, within any team, you've got to have diversity. Football team, they're not all... It's not 11 strikers. Sure. You need different people in your team. Um, so, like, our group this time, our new intake, is really good because we've got we've got awesome bars, bars. We've got a couple of world champions on our team this time. We've got a couple of uh, guys with multiple black belts who've been training, you know, second, third, dad, um, for a long time. We've also got some new black belts. Uh, we've also got some non-black belts, to be honest. Sure. Um, High grade, you know, graded around in the next year or so. Um, but we're not training them to be instructors. So it's uh, it's training instructors. So we normally go from taekwondo, red, black, and uh, other arts, uh, brown. Mm. Okay. Um, and we've got some parents on there. Okay. So obviously parents that train, but parents of children, you know, they're the best ones when you... When a kid gets injured in class, the mum runs over, mm. you know, and they're the, they're the best ones who are looking after those, you know. Mm. Uh, we've also got some kids on there. They're the, they're the future. They might be looking at, you know, being an instructor one day as a living. It might look good on their CV when they're going to um, job interviews, um, university sort of um, UCAS forms, stuff like that. So it's it's good to have a a range of people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thanks for that. So that's a, I think that's a good start point for for this. Um, And then obviously you can carry on with this one. And maybe whilst you're away, maybe when you're back, we'll just see how things work out. Um, We'll we'll set our time zone. Yeah. Do you know what the time difference is? Six hours. So it's not too bad then. Not too bad. Not too bad. Not too bad. Well, um, you know, have, have a great time as much as you can while you're working out there. And um, best of luck to your squad that are going to be. How many are you taking out this time, is it? Just one. Just one, just yeah, I knew it was. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Just, just the only one going um, from my school. Uh, we've also got um, we've got Harvey from uh, ex-Martial Arts going, representing England as well. And then a few others. It was Cole, he was going to be going, but he got injured. Mm. Um prepping for it um, so we, we've just got a small group this time it's the first time they've had a, a tournament in uh, Guatemala so WKC Pan American Championship wow so maybe get some it should be pretty cool events some really good fighters going cool we'll get some live reports from it and that would be cool awesome yeah. <laughs> well have a, have a good flight and you know hope it all goes well and now we'll catch you with you soon alright awesome cheers bye You're listening to Kick Back with Chris, the martial arts podcast, brought to you by www.onlinekicking.co.uk. Okay, so first of all, what I'll say is a big thanks to Andy, as always. 
But uh, just a quick explanation as to why the audio sounded so ropey on that one. Um, I actually totally forgot that I'd switched the audio settings. Um, Earlier today, I actually did uh, an interview with Gordon Bertram for his podcast. And um, I totally forgotten that I'd plugged in additional equipment into my system. So the audio channels were actually set wrong. Um, So you were actually listening... Um, to my voice from a microphone that was actually positioned across the completely opposite side of my desk. Hence it being a little bit quiet. Um, Lesson learnt, make sure you unplug all the equipment before doing your recordings. But anyway, hopefully you can still hear what I was saying. And to be fair, the most important thing really was what Andy was saying rather than me. So, um, a little bit of extra news here now. This is just something that's just popped up on my timeline whilst I was just getting ready to record. Um... Now, I'm sure some of you will remember, and if you actually, if you haven't already listened to, go back, um, have a listen to our interview with Mark Strange uh, with regards to uh, the release of Redcon 1. Now, um, on that, actually, he mentioned uh, with regards to the DVD and Blu-ray release that would be happening this year, obviously, the recording with Mark was last year. Um, and there is a date now for the release. Now, the um, the film is released nationwide, and you can go into all the different, I would imagine, supermarkets, HMV, um, anywhere selling and stocking Blu-rays and DVDs. Um, from the 25th of February, um, you'll be able to go out and buy it. Um, now, on the 24th, funnily enough, if you've not seen it on the big screen, which arguably is the best way to watch you know, all films, um, on Sunday the 24th of February, they are going to be doing a, a, a cinema screening at the BFI London. Um, so if you're interested in that one, if you go and look up Redcon 1 on Facebook, or alternatively look up Mark Stranger's profile, because the post itself is actually set to open, so you'll be able to see it. Um, they're going to be doing a screening on the 24th of February. Um, also, um, if you're interested in uh, picking up a Blu-ray that's, or DVD that's signed on March the 2nd, um, which is a Saturday between 10.30am and 5pm at the Printworks in Manchester. Um, the address for that is 27 Withy Grove. That's W-I-T-H-Y Grove um, in Manchester. Um, they're going to be doing a, uh, sorry, not a screening, a signing. Um, Mark's going to be there. I'm just going to re- read this here. So, oh, even better. So they're going to have um, the director and uh, producer fight choreographer so the the director being uh, Chi Kyung Chung and uh, Mark himself being the producer and fight choreographer and obviously star of the film as well um, so those guys are going to be there um, to sign I'm just going to read the rest of the details um, so you can get this the uh, ultimate edition of the Blu-ray and DVD that's going to be available there um, they've also got details on there about the ultimate fan edition uh, which has uh, limited items including a t-shirt, poster, art cards, 48-page collector's booklet. So they're going all out with this one. Um, the, Ultimate fan co- the Ultimate Fan Edition is limited to just 500 copies. So, yeah, if you want to get one of those signed, uh, that might be a good investment for the future, that one. Um, so, yes, uh, go check that out. Obviously, it's always good to support... Um, British filmmaking, um, you know, and, and these guys really need our support in order to keep producing these fantastic productions. So, um, coming up next week, now next week's going to be a particularly special episode for us, um, not because it's episode 31 in particular, uh, but because we've um, managed to secure a, you know, quite a quite a big guest. Um, those of you that have seen on Facebook and Instagram and pretty much anything social media wise, uh, the group McDojo Life. Uh, um, arguably quite a controversial uh, group, you know, depending on what your standpoint is within the martial arts. Um, but it, it, it's basically a, a group um, that he set up to help, 
Well, the, he explains a little bit within the interview, but um, the, the premise of it is to uh, help um, people sort of weed out fraudulent instructor, instructors and schools. And let's just say, you know, Rob doesn't hold back. Um, he's, he's really facing this one on head on. Now, um, he's already been featured on the, the hit YouTube series um, Enter the Dojo um, by Matt Page, you know, Master Ken, everybody knows him as. And he's also been on uh, featured on the Joe Rogan show several times now. Um, Joe has picked up you know some of his content and and actually you know on a fairly regular basis uh, uses the McDojo Live content. So this is a you know a big deal for him now. And you know he very very graciously uh, agreed to give up his time to to come and have a chat with us about what he does. So. Looking out for that one next week, guys. Um, also, as I've already mentioned earlier on this episode, this weekend I'm going to be um, down south at uh, Matt Chapman's A Thousand True Fans event. Um, so if you're going to be there, please do make sure you say hi. Um, and I'm hoping to have the all, all my recording equipment with me, so even an opportunity to uh, to get yourself featured on the show as well. Um, any questions, as always, you can get me at kickbackpodcast.com or you can get us through our new Facebook like page. The group is still in use. Um, um, although you know, obviously uh, the light pages are—they they just work better within the social media structure of Facebook. And we're also on Instagram and Twitter. If you use either of those ones, just search for uh, Kickback. It's either Kickback Podcast or Kickback with Chris Martial Arts Podcast. Um, either of those should get you to us. All right, guys. Um, have a great rest of your day, rest of your week, whatever it is you're doing, and I will speak to you all next week. <laughs>